Matthew 28. Yeah, that looks, that looks right. This side up. Matthew 28. As they were singing, there were things going through my mind, such as uh, things were turning upside down. I mean, everything was going well, going right. And then it just seemed like something caused it. It was leaning, leaning, and then something caused it to flip. That often happens in our lives. And I'm saying that because right now, uh, Delphine, as far as I know, is sitting with her husband, Dave Wagner. And uh, his home going is imminent, is what the nurse says. He's on hospice, in a special care, mostly just sleeping with Delphine sitting there saying, my world has been turned upside down. Lord, what now? What now? And that what, that's what happened when, uh, uh, when Jesus is having his ministry. His ministry is going well, and more and more people are believing, and uh, as the miracles are performed, more and more come to to uh, believe that he is the Messiah, and there's more and more opposition that takes place during that time, and then uh, Lazarus is raised from the dead right towards the end there, and more people uh, come. There's a triumphal entry into Jerusalem, and they're crying out, Hosanna, son of David, and so his ministry is building, and uh, then he has the Passover meal with his disciples. And he begins to talk to them about his crucifixion, and things start to lean. And then Satan enters Judas, and Judas gets up and leaves, and it's like the world goes upside down from there. The quietness in the garden is flipped over by the noise of the mobs. The loud arguments in the Sanhedrin flipped over to the silence of Jesus there. Herod's court of justice hands down a death penalty for a person they they could find no fault in. It flips over. The perfect God hanging on a cross between two perfect examples of criminals, murderers, and thieves. At the cross... It seemed like all had flipped upside down. But in reality, it was turning right side up. The cross where a body was prepared to die became a place where we can prepare to live. The uh, stone that was supposed to keep the grave robbers out was rolled aside to let the witnesses of this great miracle in. The keepers of the tomb became as men, then flipped because the dead man became alive. And now the message that the angel gives is, come and see that the world has been turned right side up. And that's what he says here. The angel says, he is not here. For he is risen, as he said, verse 6. Come, see the place where the Lord lay, 
and go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall ye see him. Lo, I have told you. And they, they departed quickly from the sepulcher with fear and great joy and did run to bring his disciples' word. So here we see the, uh, he's saying, come and see. Things have been right, finally. And he an invitation. Angel says, come, come. That's the invitation that is extended to all of us. Come, come, all ye that, are, that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come now, the tomb is not a comfortable place. It is an uncomfortable place. Uh, the, the graveyards are uncomfortable places. That's why there are so many jokes and stories about graveyards. But uh, he says, come, even if it's not comfortable, come. Because following Jesus was never meant to be comfortable. Now, to bring comfort, yes. But to be comfortable, no. Ask those Christians in Turkmenistan. I guess right now uh, uh, in Ethiopia, especially where they are being killed because they are Christians. Slaughtered. In India and Turkey. See, Jesus didn't say it's going to be comfortable to follow me. Otherwise, he would have said, take up your couch and follow me. He didn't. He said, take up your cross and follow me. It is not comfortable to follow Jesus. Even the two disciples on their way to Emmaus, uh, when Jesus approached them and talked with them, they didn't know who it was. As soon as they recognized that was Jesus, one of them said, did not our hearts burn within us? Now, following Jesus is going to bring us some heartburn at times. It certainly did for them. Come, the angel says. Trust him as Savior, because he is not here, he has risen. Now, we at times need to separate from those that are looking for convenience and, and acceptance, because that's not, that's not what the tomb was. The tomb was not a playground. It was a battleground where Jesus won the victory over death. Come individually. Some of you have been to the, the garden tomb. Some went with us when we went. And you line up so that you can go inside the tomb and see whether it's the actual tomb, but it very well could be. But whether it is or not, it's, it, you have the tomb experience. And you, you line up and they'll let you go in and see the, the slab where a body would be laid. It was not a comfortable place in there. But in order to go into that tomb, you had to do uh, two things. One, you had to duck. You had to, to bow down. And two, you came in individually. You didn't come in side by side. You came in all by yourself, singularly. That's the way you come to the cross the same way you go to the tomb. You have to come humbly. You have to recognize that you're a sinner. And you have to recognize that the consequence of that sin will be eternal separation from a holy God. And it will be a, a, a terrible experience for you to turn your back on Jesus Christ. You have to come humbly and say, I know I'm a sinner and I need to be saved. I need to be uh, rescued. 
from the power of sin, and you have to come individually because you can't come in on the on the shirt tails of your husband or wife or mom or dad or uh, you have to come stand you stand before Jesus alone of rejecting Jesus or not come the angel said now Mary and the other ladies that came they came upside down to the tomb they came to weep didn't they they came to finish the job with the spices their goodbyes they came expecting the smell of death they came upside down now the angel turned it right side up said come see the place where Jesus lay he is not here he is risen this is not a place of death but it is a place of life and not just life but eternal life and abundant life now the angel offered an invitation to come the angel also extended or requested an examination. See, come and see, examine this. What are they going to examine? They're going to examine the, the tomb. Uh, the tomb is a costly tomb. Uh, Jesus was king, and yet he never had a crown. He never had a palace. He never had a fancy wardrobe. He never had a white horse to ride. Yet his tomb was costly. Why? Because Isaiah 53 said he would make his death with the wealthy or the rich. Joseph of Arimathea, whose tomb this was, was a wealthy man. Before the tomb, uh, Jesus suffered shame and disgrace. But now he's Emmanuel, God with us here. And so he has a costly tomb. The tomb was borrowed, but why not? He had no house, he had no table, he had no boat, he had no donkey. Everything he had was borrowed. And so why not the borrowed tomb? His cut, the tomb was cut in a rock. But why not? He's the rock of ages. And now he's laid in the rock. In Numbers 20, Moses there uh, strikes the rock and out of it pours the water that gave them life there in the desert. And... Jesus is the water of life for us. 2 Samuel 22, Jesus, uh, David said, The Lord is my rock and my fortress. The tomb had never been used, but why not? He came from a virgin's womb to rest in a virgin tomb. Examine the grave clothes. They're all wrapped up, showing that uh, they're certainly... Uh, the, the body was not taken from grave robbers. Nobody would unwrap the body and then wrap the wrappings back up again and make them lay like uh, they were the, the body had just come right through because that's what really happened. The body just came through those those wrappings and the, and they just settled down on the bottom, uh, showing no grave robbers. And the napkin or the head covering called the napkin was laid off to the side, all folded up. Now, I don't know if this was intended by Jesus, but uh, there in their culture, uh, a servant would watch the master as the master would eat. And when the master would be done eating, he would uh, wad up his, his napkin and he would put it on the plate. He would get up and leave and the servants knew, okay, he's done. Take away his plate. Clean up. But if the master took his napkin, folded it all up, 
placed it apart from his plate, and then got up, they knew he's coming back. Now, Jesus is coming back. Because he said, if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye will be also. He is coming back. I am glad for that. The, uh, so the invitation was extended and an examination was requested. And then it says that their emotions were turned right side up. They came in deep sorrow. They left with great joy. Came in deep sorrow. And then he says, go. Go. That's the challenge to us today. Come and see, now go quickly. What are, we, what are we supposed to do while we wait for Jesus to come? We're supposed to go. We're supposed to tell others about Jesus. Because if they don't hear uh, from someone, then they are doomed to eternal separation from God in a literal hell. Uh, a frightening thing, but Jesus has done all that he can in that he gave his life to pay the price for my sin and your sin as well. And now he's given us a responsibility to share Jesus with others. How are we doing? You know, I, I pray that we are letting others know that they can have their sins forgiven too. We live in a culture that is seems pretty hopeless. Uh, and they are out there. That's why the suicide rate has gone up. There's a lot of hopelessness out there. And their only hope they're going to find is in Jesus Christ. Have their sins forgiven to be, to be uh, declared righteous before God. So that now coming to the cross and having Jesus take our sin, he places upon us his own righteousness so that now we become sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. And so we can enter into the uh, holy throne room of God with boldness because God does no longer sees our sin. He sees his son's righteousness. Yeah, we are not righteous people. We've only been declared righteous because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And so in ourselves, we can do nothing. And there, there is nothing we can do to gain entrance into heaven. Jesus did it for us. And that's why by faith we come to Jesus. By faith we trust the work that was done on the cross. It is by faith just trusting in what Jesus has done for us. And say, thank you, Lord, for the salvation we have in you. So we come, we see, our emotions are changed right side up. And now the right side up thing for us to do is go. Are we ready to do it? Not if you haven't placed your faith in Christ. My prayer is that no one will leave here without a personal relationship with Jesus. It's not a work. Your good works don't outweigh your bad works, and then you make it to heaven. That's not it at all. It is... Jesus said, he's the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by him. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done. But it's the work of Jesus Christ on the cross, the stamp of approval by God the Father when the, when the tomb was empty, 
when he was resurrected again, like us to bow our heads, close our eyes. Uh, I'm not going to ask for names. I'm not going to ask you to stand. Uh, I would like to know how to pray. If you're here without Jesus as your Savior, this is the opportunity you have. You don't know that you'll ever get another chance. You could die of a heart attack when you leave here. This might be the last opportunity you have to receive Christ or to reject Christ. And the choice is yours. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God, so don't tell me that you're not that bad. It only takes one sin, and you cannot enter the presence of God until it's forgiven. If this, this morning, if you'd say, Pastor, that's me, me. I need Jesus as my Savior. If you just lift your hand a little bit, I'll pray for you, not by name, not call you out, not catch you in the hall, but I will pray for you. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Any others? This is the day for you to come to Jesus. Will you do it? Don't turn your back and walk away from him. It might be the last time, the last opportunity. Father, you've seen these that have raised their hands. You've seen those that in their hearts, they are praying right now and asking you to forgive them and save them. Lord, I, I, you say that you call in the name of the Lord and you'll be saved. And Lord, I, I pray that they are doing that right now. Saying, Lord, I am a sinner and, and I need you to save me. Forgive me and save me, please. And thank you, Jesus, for doing that. I pray that you might do that even this morning. Thank you, Lord, for the cantata, the story and song of what you went through for us. Might we not walk away from it? Might we carry it with us and share it with those around us? I pray this in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.